Hello, and welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today I am joined by André Esteban from Hospital Universitario Getafe, author of a paper on acute respiratory distress syndrome and histology samples. André Esteban, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Could we start by discussing the background and rationale for this study? In 1967, in the Lancet, specifically in the Lancet, was published the first description of adult respiratory distress syndrome, and then chain adult for acute respiratory distress syndrome in a small group of 12 patients. In 1994, the American European Consensus Conference described the clinical diagnosis criteria used until today. In 2012, this criteria was actualized by the Berlin Definition, published in JAMA about one year ago. Then, from historical point of view, in 1976, Kachstein and co-workers described histological hallmark of acute respiratory distress syndrome, consistent with chain as gelling membranes, intestinal edema, proliferation of pneumocytes type 2, and finally fibrosis, altogether is considered the diffuse alveolar damage. The chronology of the histological lesion, it is very important, was based on observation related to the first clinical definition of the acute respiratory distress syndrome, preliminary paper in Lancet, and then were extrapolated from this bullet observation to the proposed time course of histological chain of the acute respiratory distress syndrome. But this time dependency was never validated in patients who meet clinical criteria of FDS. For the reason, the goal of our study was to identify the real chronology of histological lesion in acute respiratory distress syndrome using clinical autopsy samples in patients with histological evidence of the diffuse alveolar damage. And specifically, we pay special attention to the presence of the fibrosis. This is short time, the rationale and the goal of the our study. Excellent. Could you tell us a little bit about the design of this study and explain the main findings of the paper? Yes. In our study, we define the severity according with the Fairlane definition. We use the last definition of the RDS using the limits of the PO2, FO2 and the three groups between 300 and 200. The second group is between 200 and 100 and the last one is the patient that has lower than 100 the PO2, FO2. We classify the patient according with the time from the patient meet clinical criteria for RDS to death, that, and they were stratified in three groups in relation with the time, less than one week of devolution, between one and three weeks, and more than three weeks. We decide to pull together the patient of the second and third week, sign no significant difference between these two groups. For this reason, we have three groups, and one is include two weeks. All the autopsy examination were done between 12 hours after their death using the same method that we use more than 20 years. We was published several papers during this period of time with this methodology. Sample were taken from each pulmonary lobe and, and were independently analyzed by two pathologists who had no clinical information. A first pathology resolved the discrepancy in the cases where we have it. The criteria used for to consider diffuse alveolar damage using the classical criteria of the Kachestin and co-worker were gelling membrane plus at least edema cell proliferation or fibrosis. And then we classify the exudative chain where defined as the capillary congestion and intra-alveolar edema. The proliferative uh, chain now time is changed where proliferation or fibrosis or alveolar type 2 proliferation of alveolar type 2 pneumocytes, intestinal proliferation of fibroblasts and myofibroblasts. 
And finally, the fibrosis chain are the present of the collagenous fibrosis or chronic appearance of the microcystic honeycomb or both. All the patients in your study died and were examined at autopsy, this is clear. And that just makes me interested if you could tell me a little bit about the potential biases this may have introduced. We have the opportunity to analyze 159 clinical autopsia for patients with ectological change of the diffuse alveolar damage. According to the Berlin definition, we have 44% have mild RDS and 35% moderate and a big number of 61% severe. In the overall group, in 52% of the duration of the RDS were less than one week, uh, 34 between one and two weeks, and 14% more than three weeks. The prevalence of the exudative chain decreased over the time, 90% for, uh, with RDS of less than one week, 72% between one and three weeks, and only 17 in longer than three weeks. The proliferation were uh, 54% in the group less than one week, 78 between one and three weeks, and 100% in longer than three weeks. And finally, the fibrosis it is very low rate, 4% in less than one week, 24 between one and three and as high as 61% in longer than three weeks. This study spanned 20 years. Can you discuss what effect the changes in medical practice may have had on the results? It is reasonable to wonder if are similar the patients died and surviving. Obviously not. But our study can be representative for the total number of the patients dead because we give the autopsy permits to each relative independently of the illness and very important independently of the all those about the clinical diagnosis before the autopsy. And we have 35% on rate, and I consider it is good percentage to consider representative of samples. The distribution of the duration of the RDS until the autopsy is not good, and it also it is in favor of the applicability of the finding. However, our group just published a study to analyze the accuracy of the clinical criteria of RDS using the Berlin definition to predict the diagnosis of diffuse alveolar damage. And the main finding of this study were that they have a high sensibility and low specificity. With all this, we can consider that all results can be generalized for all patients with histological feature of the diffuse alveolar damage, but not for all patients with clinical RDS. Thank you, Andre. My final question is a two-part one. Firstly, what do you think the findings mean for clinical practice, and then what further research needs to be done? The most study is showing the results of different treatment or RDS, have including patients with different time and different clinical evolution. A good sample are the studies that use the or try to find the results of the glucocorticoids in this type of patient. Different results and also very different time of evolution in the patient included looks like reasonable to expect that the, a better result with the anti-inflammatory in the exudative phase, in the early phase of the evolution of the histological lesion. And in the other side, a very poor effect in the late phase, the fibrosis predominant phase. It could be similar with the recruitment maneuver in the management, the daily management of the patient in the intensive unit with mechanical ventilation. We can expect low effect in the fibrosis predominant period. It considers that the other study 
give us an important information to support that the treatment must be used before the day number seven of the SDS clinical evolution. I think that this is maybe the main finding is to focus in the very early period of the evolution of the RDS in which we can pay attention for the future studies of the new drugs or any other different treatment and maybe to revisit it, the previous failure treatment used on in this type of syndrome. Andre Esteban, thank you for speaking with the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. Thank you very much.